The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome to Welford Watch's podcast, an American podcast about professional wrestling. Um, Big thank you right off the bat to all of the patrons that have joined my Patreon page to get exclusive uh, merch, uh, exclusive early releases, interviews before everybody else. Um, and merch coming down the line. Uh, very big thank you to everybody who's on there. Thank you so much. Um, stickers are in the post for some folks today, um, so look out for that. Uh, we are uh, enjoying some really, really um, good conversations today. We're going to have what we're calling the Fights of the Roundtable. And uh, you put a hashtag in front of that and you'll see the first episode that we did with uh, Amy and Jen who now have their own show called the Dragon's Den Podcast. Um, and, of course, JPQ John, who's now getting into the podcast world, and The Beam Robert. So there's episode one if you want to go find that one. Today is a little different. We are going to uh, discuss pro wrestling, but we're going to get voices from four different parts of the world at the same time on the same call. It's uh, It could go all haywire, but uh, we're on the same call right now, so we'll see what we can do. Um, we have members from Portugal, the United Kingdom, myself in the United States, and even Australia on the line. Uh, so if you're digging these shows, if you want to support Wilford Watches, please go to patreon.com slash Wilford Watches to find out more about how you can support uh, the show. So before we get into it, I want to introduce everybody. And I really hope everybody's doing well in the YouTube chat, following along. Uh, Kevin, Freddie, JPQ, Darren, he's he's here too. Um, so, first guest, they have a lovely little show uh, from Portugal, formerly of the United Kingdom, um, where they deep dive and chronicle a pro wrestler or an event in Japan, Japanese wrestling, um, and they talk about it. Once a month, and it's a fantastic little dialogue and a good conversation to have to listen to. Um, please welcome Rick and Amanda from Hanamichi Cast. Hi. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> too nice. Suspiciously nice. <laughs> I love the dialogue you guys have. It's very easy conversation to listen to. It feels like you're just uh, hanging out with two friends, learning about pro wrestling, and it's a, it's a lovely little podcast. Um, also, we have a, a lovely little chap, friend of mine, who is soon to be on a podcast with uh, buddy Mike, uh, Mags and Mike. They are calling their show Why We Watch Podcast, so look for that in the near future. Uh, please welcome Darren. How's it going, bud? Yeah, I'm doing really well. I'm just honored to be here. Thanks a lot. Yeah, man. Um, you'll know Darren from... Online, Twitter, Mags and Bags always is putting over other people before him. He's always 
having really good dialogue <laughs> with everyone. So I called him Darren Thunder Liger earlier this morning. <laughs> for you putting certainly everyone. did. <laughs> um, you certainly did. We are also joined from somebody from the Gold Coast down in Tony Storm Country. Um, we are joined by Joshi of the Wrestling Reverb Podcast. What's up, Josh? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I am so, so happy to have somebody calling in from Australia right now at 7.30 in the morning. Um, absolutely chuffed. Thank you, man, for joining. No problem. No problem. And if you're on the YouTube, I'm wearing my new Suzuki uh, shirts, which I'm very satisfied about. So if you're on the stream, check that out. It's uh, very fun. Wow. Well, holy cow. We have royalty in the chat. We have foul original in the YouTube chat. Hello, my friends. Um, we're going to talk about a few different topics. 2018 was full of talking points. So I wanted to bring everybody together and have um, your opinions from your parts of the world and the way you see things from where you are. And uh, there's a lot of different things that happen. Uh, WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, there's so many different amazing organizations in the world. Um, but really the focus has been WWE. It's, it's really the, it's kind of the only global wrestling organization that, uh, that really is out there. Um, most other wrestling organizations are very much more regional uh, in a certain location of the world, and WWE is everywhere, um, even as far as Saudi Arabia, which was very controversial. So WWE in 2018 had a, a myriad of different public relations moments, some good, some bad. We saw a guy like Brock Lesnar, who was a major draw, but he wasn't there weekly. We have the uh, Evolution, first women's only pay-per-view. But then on the flip side of that, we had the joking about Lana one night in Milwaukee. So very different ends of the spectrum there. Um, we also had a positive in Becky Lynch uh, being the man and the top person in the whole company, really. NXT blossoming, NXT UK, Mae Young Classic, lots of really good things to focus on as well um i wanted to ask uh, i'm gonna ask rick and amanda first even though wwe might not be the top um organization you guys watch from your vantage point do you think or how would you rate wwe in 2018 um as an outsider because like you and and i we don't really watch wwe all the time so how would you rate WWE first? Um, uh, can you speak on the positives, on the negatives? And, um, you know, if, if 2018 was overall a good year for them. And we'll start with uh, Rick and Amanda first. Mm, tricky. Yeah, I think for me it was probably negative um, for the entire year. Because I started... The year. Not the entire year. Um, as an overall feeling. Because I started off... At least like paying attention to it and yeah. by the end of the year i completely dropped off and to me now i very little gets through for what's going on over there yeah i'd say i'm the same we used to at least keep up with pay-per-views but since kind of june july that's not even been happening yeah um i think some some pr things really didn't help <laughs> help them uh, get over with us yeah 
There were some positives. There were some upsides. Every NXT show is usually pretty great. Yeah, women's Royal Rumble, women's pay-per-view, all of that nonsense. It's pretty good. But then there's Brock and Saudi Arabia and yeah. <laughs> so do you guys watch less because of like the PR issues or do you watch less because you're watching other organizations? Mostly for me anyway, I'd say the second. I get too too many distractions going from Japan. Yeah, to be fair, you watch a lot. <laughs> uh, for me, it's kind of... I lost... They they weren't keeping my interest with the product. The things that they were doing weren't interesting me, and the, the wrestlers that I was interested in, they just weren't using very well. So... Like um, who? I directed my attention. Just people like Finn. Finn Balor didn't mm-hmm. have a as good a year as I think he could have done. Um, mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose being injured for quite a bit of it didn't help, because he was always my favourite. I just, yeah... I really hate Brock Lesnar. I <laughs> really don't like him. Oh, Brock. Oh, dear. I'm sure he's devastated. And um, uh, so that just didn't sell it to me. So on the flip side, I, I want to ask you real quickly, um, what is it about New Japan or Japanese pro wrestling that is taking your attention? That What is it about Japanese wrestling that, that is pulling the attention away from, I mean... Think about it. You're going from an English-speaking. You, you are an English-speaking couple, and you're mm-hmm. you're not watching English-speaking wrestling, really. So, why are you being pulled in a Japanese way? The ring works better. Yeah, so the quality. Sort of yeah. I like the feel of it. I think it just feels more like more like a sporting event, even though obviously it's not. But the it's way not? it's presented, yeah. <laughs> um, something about it just really speaks to me. Yeah. Um, Darren, I want to hear your thoughts on, on 2018. Um, I do know that you watch a little more WWE than I do. Um, so I'm, I'm fascinated to hear what you think of their overall year, 2018. Was it a positive, negative overall? Um, what have we learned? Tell us about WWE in 2018 now that we can look back on it. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. Um, well, for, from a fan uh, point of view, especially like fans of of like our age, it's it's been a relatively negative year. Uh, the product obviously isn't great. The storylines aren't exactly enthralling. But what I think a lot of fans don't realise, and it, this shows a lot online, is that we're not WWE's core demographic. They're not chasing our money. What they're chasing is is the money from the younger fans and the parents who who buy the merchandise. What WWE is, it's a money-making machine that just happens to work in the wrestling business. And we aren't their masters. Their masters are, are people like the sponsors or the TV companies. And again, like I said, the merchandise sales, the licensing... So if we take that into account, WWE's year has actually been really, really successful because they're recording high profits. And even with the PR they've had, and they have had some horrific PR. We mentioned about Crown Jewel. Uh, obviously, we had the, the fabulous Moolah uh, fiasco with the Battle Royal. We've had issues with like Enzo Amore oh, and, yeah. and James Ellsworth. But even with all these... <clears throat> PR snafus, WWE are still making money hand over fist. So as bad as it looks to us as fans, 
for for WWE twenty eighteen was a was a successful year. I think that's a fantastic point because it's very very easy as a fan or viewer of a product to to sit back like you're you're back on uh, you're like a Monday morning quarterback is something that's said often. Um, and you're kind of judging from the back seat. You're not driving it. But but when you yeah. have the perspective of looking at it as, as a business, you're absolutely right that they are extremely successful. We did see their shares drop down a bit right before the Saudi Arabia trip. Um, and that was very interesting to watch how the shares dropped yet started to rebound. Um, so they are extremely successful they're very good at producing a show about pro wrestling and i really liked your points um josh i want to bring it over to you in australia i'm curious to to hear what your perspective of wwe in 2018 was was it mostly positive mostly negative um how would you rate wwe in 2018 uh well for me it's more so um if you could meet in the middle, that's where I would be. I try to, with anything I watch, I do try to take out as much as I can in this day and age with just the world we live in. It's hard to focus on anything but the negative. But I do try to look at it from a positive point of view. However, I do think some of the negatives that kind of we've gone over just with like bad PR and just the general... Um, kind of stories they're trying to portray and stuff like that at least at the moment are not very good it's um it's i think it's um almost shooting yourself in the foot when you admit that your product is bad and then still continue to produce a bad product for the most part I'm not saying it's all bad at the moment there's things i like about it there's things I, I dislike about it but that's you can't please everybody um like kind of darren said before it's you know, uh, WWE have to kind of produce content for a family. So things that I enjoy, an eight-year-old girl might not enjoy or a 10-year-old boy might not enjoy. Um, so it's hard to please absolutely everybody. It's it's impossible. Um, but for the most part, I'd say it's been a very mixed bag of positive and negative. I, when you, okay, so a, a common... A common opinion that's being told online or on blogging or on podcasts is that the the it, it's not as good. It's not as good. Um, what's not good now? Is it what's not good about it, Josh? Is it is it the people that aren't getting pushed into the in the spotlight that you believe are deserved of that spot, or is it the match quality? Is there not enough focus on the actual? Is it not being presented? enough like a professional sport as it is in other organizations well i think match quality wise wwe are probably in a better spot than they've been you know arguably in the last 10 years i think match quality wise they're producing good mainstream wrestling to the world because they are like you said a global company um i just think for me it's kind of like they've been the story it's they're you know, creative-wise, they're telling the same story they've told many, many times over, and it's just like 
to the point where it's like we've seen this before. We know how this is going to end. Um, I think, yeah, match quality-wise, I don't think there's too much of an issue because when WWE hype a match enough and they get enough behind it, they're delivering on matches, um, especially in the women's division and stuff like that. Their big matches are delivering for the most part. There is, of course, exceptions to the rule. But I just think it's more so the stories they're trying to portray are other they've done them so many times before or they're just not realistic enough to believe you know if you don't believe in something it's not really going to portray to anybody no matter the age that's fascinating you make some really good points um and it seems like uh the discussion starting up in the chat so thanks guys for joining and watching in the chat um real quick if you are watching on youtube or if you're watching this back on the replay Please hit the like button. Um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you can. I'd appreciate that greatly. Um, but yeah, I think that overall, WWE has been very successful financially, business-wise. Um, and, and they've had a roller coaster of a year when it comes to PR. But they've also handled it as, as fair as they could, really. I mean... Some things they couldn't control. They can't control what happens in a in a consulate, um, and they can't really back out of a deal um, that's a multi year deal with blood money on it. I wouldn't back out of a contract like that. Um, I would be very fearful. Um, they've done fantastic with Evolution, one of the best pay per views of all year, from what my WWE friends have said. Um, Becky Lynch is 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 not stone cold she's better than that she's trailblazing right in front of our eyes um and it's a tremendous thing to see um may young classic was very successful there's a lot of positives but at the same time i think the positives ever so slightly outweigh the negatives this year but it's it's definitely given in its run for for its money that's for sure um, somebody that is trying to change the whole world, change the game, is, is, is a new organization called All Elite Wrestling. They are about 10 days old. Um, we don't really know anything other than they have a few signings and two events this year. And they're backed by the owners of Fulham Football Club and Jacksonville Jaguars American Football Club. Um, so they're going to be the new kid on the block. It's going to be very hard not to compare them with WCW or Impact or Ring of Honor. It's going to be very hard not to do that. It's a very natural thing to do. It's a very fun thing to do when we speculate of who's going where. That's what we love on the silly season or off season with sports. And it's going to be like that nonstop for five months now. And it's going to be very interesting to see if they TNA this up or if they they put their feet in the ground solid. There's a lot of things to look forward to. They've got some huge names. They've got huge pockets. And they have really big ambitions. Um, will... All Elite Wrestling be a player on the scene in 2019 and what is the criteria personally for you to call it a success and I'm fascinated to hear what Rick and Amanda feel about this because um, 
yeah, what kind of perspective do you have from Portugal? Is there any any buzz in Portugal, or is this mostly uh, just a Western thing, like a very American thing? Well, it's weird. The main uh, TV channel in Portugal for sports is called Sport TV, and they show WWE and Ring of Honor. Um, so they show those two. So I don't know if maybe they will get on that channel and replace Ring of Honor. But I think if they did, that would be like a big... That'd be huge. ...boost to their profile over here. Yeah. People don't tend to know a lot outside of WWE over here from what we're seeing. Although we might see differently next week when we're at... Well, yeah, all the locals here, like the local indies here are tiny. Really small. Yeah, that's a, that's a perspective that was shared by Norbert. Uh, Fuyan, um, the French commentator for New Japan Pro Wrestling, I had him on a second time recently, and he's like, you know, if 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 they have uh, indie talent in France, they should leave. It's just not, it's not good for development. Like the local indies in some of these European countries aren't that great. Uh, WXW in Germany and of course England um, are really a class above everybody else at this point. Yeah, definitely. Um, but but from your vantage point, I'm curious. Would would uh, what is the criteria for success? What would you say would be a success for AEW in a year in a year's time from now? If there's still a buzz about them in a year's time, I think that'll be a big thing. Because at the moment, it's very much oh my god, the guys from the Bullet Club have broken away and they're going to do their thing. So there's a lot of people that are really excited. If people are still talking about it in a year and they've managed to keep that momentum going, I think that will be a massive thing. That first year will make or break them, really. Yeah, I think as well, if they cut into WWE's market in any way, maybe they're probably the only promotion that could poach from them mm. with the money they've got. And if they did, say, take one or two big names from WWE, I think that would be a really successful year. Well, I mean, they already and draw a lot of eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, taking Chris Jericho, I mean, they, he, Chris Jericho is basically freelance last year, but still, he's yeah. he's known he for... Was, he said he wasn't going to do anything in America, so this is kind of massive that he's changed his mind on that. I, and, and also, he must really believe in it, because Jericho's at this point in, in his career where he is not... He's not choosing to do something for the money. As he said at the rally, he says he has money. He doesn't need it. And that's true. He's touring. He's in a rock band. He's an icon in pro wrestling. Um, and he must really believe in this to want to put his name on the line and, and sign a contract. Uh, Darren, what do you think about AEW in 2019? What would you... And I know you alluded to it a little bit on the tweet that I had put out this week, but what would you call a success by the end of the year? And and you know, give us a little bit of background on that. Why why would you? What would um, be a success? Well, firstly, I do. I think they are a player. Absolutely, you can't have such a big. Like buzz about you and not be instantly classed as a, a player in the business. Uh, with the books and corded, they are the absolute experts at cultivating fan support, and I think they they are going to carry that on. Uh, what I would say is a lot of fans do need to temper their their expectations of AEW. 
they're not going to kill off the WWE. It's as simple and clear as that. And you've, there's a lot of fans on Twitter who are saying this is the death knell for WWE. It's not. It really, really isn't. What people don't remember is that WWE have been in this place time and time again. They've had companies like WCW and TNA come bounding in, all bells and whistles, the big new hot company on the block. And who's still standing tall? It's WWE. So I think that any buzz that the AEW has is more likely to affect companies like Impact and ROH than WWE, to be uh, quite fair. Uh, another thing that I also think is being overlooked a little bit is the the factor of, of something being special. Now, All In was absolutely monumental, a brilliant event. But if it becomes a weekly thing, that special factor, it, it dissipates. And what we've seen in England is uh, pretty much the same kind of thing with World of Sport. When World of Sport was announced, there was a massive like fan like buzz, and every man and his dog wanted to watch it. It got to a weekly show, and the viewing figures dropped off a cliff, and people aren't aren't interested anymore. So what what AEW would would what would be a success for AEW for me is keeping that fan support and that buzz going. So that would be a success, not competing with WWE because it's it's a fart right now that they can't win. Like, um, Ra- is it Ra- Rachel just said, uh, getting one or two big hits off WWE by taking a few uh, big stars would be would be a success for them. Uh, that would that would be what I would say is a success for AEW to to keep this momentum and this buzz going for a, for a full year. Uh, her name's Amanda, but now I think Sorry. we should definitely call her Rachel. Call from her now on. I don't even know where Rachel come from. Today. <laughs> I think you combine like me and Rick together and ah, came there we go. Probably, probably Amanda. 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 I just had a. Um, uh, I don't know if he's still watching, but I had a lovely little chap online call me a daft cunt for saying Becky Lynch was better than Stone Cold. Um, (laughs) I mean, that could be a term of affection, depending where it's Really? Well, yeah, we are on a global conversation, so maybe uh, I should say thank you for that. Um, (laughs) Where where I'm from, that is actually, I use that about 50 times Yeah, we're from the same part of England, so. Thank you. Thank you, Sam, uh, if you haven't already blocked me and all that nonsense. Um, Thank you for that. Um, And also, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it, buddy, uh, whoever you are. Um, uh, Josh... AEW is like really far away from you over in Australia, and um, it looks like it's probably going to be a very American organization with different talents from all over the world. They do have some Chinese talent coming in, which is extremely exciting if you've seen anything about Oriental Wrestling. Um, Josh, what do you feel about AEW? Do you What would be a success for them in a year's time from now? Okay, so um, I don't know if many people know this or if anyone knows this about Australia, but sometimes we desperately try to be America. Um, We are very much our main form of entertainment is generally American entertainment. We are very much so in the zone of what America is putting out. However, 
um, pro wrestling is a little bit different. Um, we have WWE, of course, because that's just a huge global company and whatever. Um, but for the most part, if you're not following wrestling, you may not know what AEW is or what it intends to be. Um, so for me, um, because I live and kind of breathe pro wrestling, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit more, I feel like I'm going to have to seek out AEW. I don't think it's going to come to me in any kind of form. I don't think it will be on Australian TV. I think it will be more so I have to go and find it. Um, but to answer your question, to have success, um, just kind of echoing what everyone else said, it's got to keep its buzz. If it doesn't keep its buzz, it's it's really nothing. Um, you know, we have you talk about like the stars that are kind of coming over like Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes and uh, the Young Bucks and, and whatever it may be, um, even taking away their star appeal, you just look at the great minds that are in that group of people I just even mentioned. Um, Chris Jericho, for example, has you know, been there, done that with everything. He is a huge icon of the business. Um, he also has a very great mind. He has experience. Um, Cody Rhodes, I mean, he obviously has a great mind for the business. So they do have the talent and the mind to kind of do this. It's just yet yeah, keeping and generating more buzz in, you know, you had it all in and that was a huge success and it was a great show. Um, but it's just, you know, kind of like we mentioned before, it's, if you take away that kind of specialness, is it as good? Is it that um, kind of new feeling of, you know, when you get something new and you love it so much and then two months later you've kind of forgotten about it. Um, that's what I want and I want this to do well because it's just better for the industry as a whole because there's more to watch. There's alternatives. You can watch both. You know, it's not pitting one against one another. It just makes the whole industry better. It thrives a little bit better. I totally agree with everything you've said and I'm really glad you brought up Cody Rhodes because he is, I think... I personally think he's he's a better asset to have behind the scenes. I think that obviously Dusty Rhodes' son is is the right person to 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 be in charge of orchestrating a good show together. He has his finger on the pulse. He knows what's hot, what's not, and he's you know obviously. Their intention is to pay men and women on the same rate as if you're like a new star or a main event star. Um, that's their intention. Whether they can deliver on that is a whole different issue. But it's very good to see that they are intending on doing positive. And I think that there's plenty of room for both. We saw that with WCW and WWF at the same time. Um, and, and we saw millions and millions and millions of people of casuals depart and they stopped watching wrestling. So there's plenty of, of, of viewership there to watch both. And this is a positive for WWE. They haven't really had to compete with anybody for a decade or two or more. So in any competition or sport, uh, competition is is key to making your own product better 
So I think that's like you made a good point that it it makes better for the whole industry and not to mention the health insurance. That's something that's being reported as an option or something they're looking into. That's massive. I think as a success by the end of the year, a TV deal would be crucial. Um, that avenue mon- that avenue for, for revenue money to come in from TV spots and, and commercials and, and deals like that will be vital for them. And if they do take somebody like Amanda had mentioned, um, I think that would be brilliant. That would be huge. And it's not a signal of war. It's not like Monday Night Wars. It's it's just a signal of intent that they're not going to settle just for WWE rejects. They want some really high caliber names. And getting somebody like Finn or AJ or Shinsuke or a Kevin Owens would be really big signal of intent. So I'm fascinated to see what happens. And I think curbing your, your expectations is, is important because it just started 10 days ago. So I totally, totally get that. But at the same time, you have to balance that out because it is, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting to have a new player in the game. Um, you know, player two has entered and that's going to make it more fun for everybody. Um, and hopefully it does make its way to other countries. Um, like you said, Josh, I really hope so. Cause, um, you have to set your goals really high, um, for a new organization. It's going to be interesting. So we talked about reception of like companies and how people have taken it and how I made a backhand, you know, comment about somebody on Twitter just a second ago. Twitter has really, uh, it's like, a uh, at sometimes it's a really beautiful community of great positive voices. And sometimes, cause it's very easy to do and I'm a hundred percent guilty of doing it myself. I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, you'll say something that you really kind of regret saying. Um, there's also been a lot of bandwagoning we saw with Nia Jax. Boom. We jump all over her as a society and everybody's guilty of it. We jump all over Vince McMahon because he wants to take the company to Saudi Arabia. And then a week or two later, he's on TV and we're praising him. Um, there's plenty of like blatant racism and sexism. Um, but then there's also tons of positive people. Um, do you think that the, the, the state of social media and pro wrestling is a good marriage or do we need to take better control of that? Um, and Rick, Amanda, Rick and Amanda, I'm curious because you guys aren't super, super active. So I'm wanting to know what you've seen. Um, and if it's a good marriage with pro wrestling, do you have any opinions on that? The internet is not a nice place to be a female wrestling fan. (laughs) Pipe bomb. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Complete revelation, I'm sure. Um, It can be really, really horrible. I kind of like the fact that I'm hidden behind the anonymity of our Hanamichi account that people aren't immediately going to go, oh, it's a woman's opinion, who cares? Um, Yeah, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Male privilege. (laughs) Um, It's... I see a lot of it, but I think it's because I'm kind of conditioned to see it, particularly the sexism side of things, just casual things that, I mean, we're members of um, a Facebook group with some close friends that are all wrestling fans and some of the conversation, 
Some of the conversation is just, I kind of want to punch everyone in the group sometimes because they just talk so casually about women in a really disgusting way. Don't include me in this. No, not you. Okay. You wouldn't dare. Um, it's, it's, it's really difficult. Yeah. So what would make well, it thanks. better? What, what would make it better? Is this, <laughs> and I know that we're getting into like a whole sociology kind of mindset. But I'm fascinated to hear what your first response would be, Amanda. Is is this a fault of? Oh, well, it's obviously a fault of the people, you know, saying what they're saying. But is this yeah. also also carry? Does Twitter or Facebook or Reddit? Um, do, do they also should they carry some of the fault as well for allowing the speech on there? Or is this more focused on the individual who's actually thinking this way? I think it kind of comes down to individuals. I mean, I've been to enough wrestling shows to know that we are a minority. And generally speaking, women are treated pretty well at the wrestling shows we've been to because it's quite an open-minded place. The British independent scene is quite liberal. Um, I think it's the, a case of calling it out when you see it. If people, like Nia Jax is a key example and the way that people reacted to Tony Storm's photos was very mixed between the people that supported Tony and the people that were criticizing her. And I think that's a really clear example of, well, call it out when you see it. If people are saying these things, call them out, tell them why they're wrong. Um, and that is getting better, I would say, on Twitter. We're seeing more of it, people kind of sticking up for what's right, I suppose. The reaction to Tony Storm was very different to the reaction when Paige's videos got leaked, for example. Mm. Probably a positive change. Yeah, I'd say so. Like when the fans uh, cancel that guy's ticket. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was quite good. That's that's one of the good things to come from Twitter. That guy did not go to go to the show. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, um, somebody was just being a daft cunt online about uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, about the Tony Storm situation, um, not really thinking clearly before he was typing, which I think we're all a little guilty of at times. Um, but he was really going, you know, all out. And he had a ticket to Defy, and I think he was urging on, he was getting in some in some discussion, some unhealthy discussion with Chris Ridgway, I believe. And, um, or was it someone else? So, yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically, um, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been the great thing to have him at the Defiant show, because honestly, it would have created a very nasty scene, and Defiant actually canceled his ticket. Um, so that was... And, and and it's typing something out online and calling yourself a social justice warrior is one thing, but taking action, like Amanda says, is a different thing. So that's something I think a lot of our society can do better. And um, yeah, Darren, do you have some opinions on just the whole Twitter sphere, the negative, the positive? Uh, yeah, you. As, as you know, I'm incredibly active on Twitter, especially. I don't have a Facebook account, but I am active on Twitter. And I see social media as a, kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, it's amazing for bringing together fans with wrestlers or fans with a, a, like a like-minded community. Uh, you can find... Uh, people who enjoy the same kind of wrestling as you, the same promotions of wrestling as you. But I also think it's a big catalyst in creating divisions in fans and also creating echo chambers 
where people will only hear or read things that agree with their views and not necessarily like give them a more of an open-minded view but the worst thing it actually does is it provides too much anonymity for someone to verbally attack and have no like recourse for for having to defend their actions or the or the words that's that's the scary thing about social media for me and the, i think the tony storm is a good example of how things could be better that we we see something we dislike we don't agree with it and we kind of instead of just saying one little tweet that gets a lot of mentions actually creating a hashtag and sharing hashtags and sharing messages and getting out there and saying something um i think that's a positive i think but uh, I think we need a lot more of those instances to get to a point where we can kind of weed out some of the the other folks. But it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of work to come. But it's a first. It's a good sign, I believe. Um, what do you think? And I, I want your opinion, Darren, on this. What do you think about the accounts that are very like they're stan accounts where they are just super duper hardcore fans of one person? And anything else you say or opinionate against them, and they just crap on you. Um, what, what are your opinions on those like super fandom accounts? Because um, there's a lot of them out there. It's become a whole thing now. I'm curious to know if you think it's a positive or a negative. Um, for me, I've I've been attacked by quite a few Stan account groups, mainly Sasha Banks Stan accounts, and. What was the other one? I'm sure... Oh, Roman Reigns stand accounts. Uh, basically, if you say anything, what they perceive as a negative, they come out in force and they're, they're on you in, in the DMs. They absolutely tear you to shred in the Twitter uh, chats. But for me, it's water off a duck's back. It really... I'll, 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 I pity them that they're so close-minded that... They can't accept a little bit of criticism, even if the criticism is coming from a positive place. Um, so I, I personally don't really give them the attention that they, they're craving, but I can also see how it can be hurtful to someone who's who's not as um, mentally strong. So it's, it's hard to really, for me to really have to, to like put myself in in that like, place because they, like I said they don't they don't bother me they can come at me all day I just laugh it off but I can understand that that it can be hurtful to some people and and it all goes back to the 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 an- anonymity they feel like they've they've not come back for for the things that they say so they they just go in hardcore and they can they, they really can be hurtful sometimes i think you made a really good point that probably isn't spoken about enough but who's reading these tweets who's looking at these accounts who's following these accounts who are reading these accounts and are 13 14 year olds male or female or whatever and are idolizing some people because idolizing social media accounts is uh 
is much more common than it was when I was, I mean, before I, there wasn't social media when I was a kid, but, um, it's it, very, very, very good points by Darren, um, because there are other people on the other side reading these tweets and agendas and messages that, um, don't have a thick skin yet because they could be like infants, basically. <laughs> they could be kids, um, who are still in school. Um, Josh, what do you think about all of this? Um, interested to hear your perception. Do you, do you hear, do you watch, do you see as much of, of what we're talking about or, or are you kind of, um, do you not notice it as much or do you think it's a very serious issue how Twitter can really be a negative place at sometimes? Yeah, well, it's, of course, everything has pros and cons. I think the negatives do outweigh the positives in this situation. Um, I know Amanda touched on this before about being, you know, a, a female wrestling fan, and it actually ties in with a story that I have. I went to the Super Showdown this year in Melbourne, and um, I was sitting next to a couple who were just attending the event, and, you know, you're just talking and stuff like that, and um, this guy's wife was not a huge wrestling fan. She had only been watching wrestling for about four or five months. And we were just chatting and I was just asking her about why she likes wrestling and what brought her to it and, and whatever. And um, she was telling me this story about how she was waiting in line and a guy was kind of giving her a little bit of crap for not, you know, being a huge fan and why she had this big stadium show and whatever. And she was like, I don't see why it's a problem to you. They, they got into a little bit of an argument, she was telling me. Anyway, it ended with this guy walking off and saying, females shouldn't watch pro wrestling. This is a male-dominated uh, world. And she kind of stood up for herself, which I'm really glad she did. She said, um, if I'm watching wrestling, more people are watching wrestling is in the general terms of it's for everybody. Um, and I kind of was like, I didn't even know – in my experience, I didn't even know that kind of world of that kind of existed. I didn't know that, you know, there was people that thought, quote unquote, females couldn't watch pro wrestling. I just didn't think that was a thing. I've grown up in a family where my younger sister watches pro wrestling and my my cousins and, and stuff like that. So I never knew it was a thing. Um, but however, since starting a podcast and, you know, kind of expanding that, I've noticed the negative side of social media coming out um, just on Twitter and on Instagram, Facebook, wherever it may be on the internet, um, of sexism, of racism, of stuff like that. And of course, um, I don't participate in that kind of stuff. I try to kind of mute that out. I try to, try to get it out. But it is a very important thing to kind of note is that we do need to kind of call people out on when something's wrong instead of just, you know, brushing it to the side and stuff like that. And um, not even with just with sexism or racism, just anything that's just kind of profound against someone in a world where we all like the same thing. We all love, at the end of the day, we're all watching wrestling, whether it's New Japan or Ring of Honor or WWE. The core, in, the core of it is, is pro wrestling. We all should come together and support one another no matter what we watch, what we don't watch, whatever it may be. I just think it more so should be instead of being so, um, you know, if you don't like this, I don't like you and calling each other names and, you know, whether you're a woman or a man or an alien or dinosaur, it shouldn't matter. It's We're all watching pro wrestling. We shouldn't be so exclusive about it. 
Well, I don't know what I can add to that. That was very good points that you made um, and an interesting story that you shared because I'm sure that story happens like every night at a local wrestling show, um, but it's just not talked about. Um, so I'm really glad you shared that. Uh, Amanda, I heard you gasp when he was saying that. So do you have anything you want to add to that? Oh, it's just kind of common. <laughs> just just kind of used to it. I, I was thinking actually while people were talking about how different it is depending what wrestling you go to so rick is probably wondering where i'm going with this so we went to an nxt show in sheffield (laughs) he's now pulling a face (laughs) a few years ago um and there was a man sat behind us who every time a female wrestler walked out how would you describe it i've got no words to describe it (laughs) (laughs) it was yeah he was repulsive basically yeah it was like he was giving them a mental rating in his head of like Oh, it wasn't mental. Okay, that's true. It was, <laughs> it was a verbal, verbal rating. And, you know, saying to sit on his face and all that nonsense. And then you go to some of the UK indie shows and the reaction to women wrestlers is so completely different, like the level of respect. And you just think, why isn't it like that in the show where they have the reach? And it's because, historically, WWE has not taken its women seriously. And whilst it is getting better at that, there are still moments like One Night in Milwaukee where they basically say, this is all the women are here for. And I think WWE needs to make that message really, really clear because that will clear up a lot of problems that happen kind of throughout the fandom as well. Um, I mean, it does still happen in smaller shows, but I've definitely not noticed it anywhere near as much. I I don't think I've ever been judged at a show like when we've been to Rev Pro or anything, yeah. I'm I'm fascinated with I'm seeing a correlation in my head that that you say reach um and as an accessibility in a way that something like WWE product is kind of there's a distance between the fans for the most part um a distance that is 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 further apart than with your local indie organization because something like smaller like a reach wrestling or fight club pro over in the uk or something local it's very local um you can just walk up to the wrestlers and nxt has barriers and security guards and um there's a it's a lot harder to access them i don't know if that plays into anything with with being people being so forthright in their opinions or their sexism um, or racism, but I'm 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 wondering about that. If there's a correlation between the fact that the the wrestler at an indie organization is not protected <laughs> the same as an NXT guy, and he can go up there and kick your ass after the show if he really wanted to. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be yelling those things at Tony Storm personally. No, if yeah. Rich Bay was around, even if Tony was there <laughs> on her own, yeah. <laughs> would not do that. No, yeah, Tony, oh my god, Tony's amazing. Um, but, it's really, but it's really sad to see that the, 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 the quantification of the hate can reduce somebody to actually deleting everything. Yeah. And if we're getting to a point when that happens, I'm a little concerned. I'm a lot concerned. Um, because we, we, as a world, we don't talk about mental health enough, I think. Um, and some nations are worse than others. And, um, I fear for that because these people are people. They're not, they're not characters. 
their their people and um it's fascinating thank you chris for joining the youtube chat um yeah chris uh the conversation is needed right now and i want to talk about these things because i'm not coming out as an angel like i've said plenty of dumb stuff even foul original in the chat has said you know in the youth he's he's been a gatekeeper and uh, he understands you know but you grow from that and so you have to be acceptable of people growing and atonement and apologizing and stuff like that because we are holding everybody like with a knife to their throat and it's it's a really weird time in society um anybody else want to add to that uh yeah um yeah. i'm i'm quite open and forthright with uh the issues I've had with my mental health. And what I've seen recently, especially coming from WB, and this is actually a big positive, is the the stuff with Tony Storm. WWE was 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 right behind her as soon as it as as the uh the incident had happened. Her uh, fellow wrestlers were right behind her. And now this story is coming out about Lars Sullivan. He was uh his debut made it be delayed because he had some worries about his mental health and WWE again are, are there supporting him so i think they've they've they really are stepping up and and realizing that mental health is a big issue and it does need addressing and it takes companies like WWE who do have a big reach to to put out the feeling that mental health is not a stigma it's not something you should be embarrassed about or something that you should have to hide if you've got issues with mental health everybody should be able to talk about it and and basically deal with the problems rather than feel like you're an outcast or you're on your own or you're basically not not an active member of society and and WWE coming out and and backing their uh, talent who have uh, issues with mental health is just a huge, huge positive, and I think it's it'll help in in great strides the the issue of the stigma of mental health. I would only add, and that's a great point, and I would only add that WWE has a, a shit track record, though. I mean, you'll portray characters who. Uh, oh. Go ahead. I'm I'm not I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying that WWE are uh, perfect from this. Obviously, they've they've got like I said a shit track record, but they're making the moves to to mm-hmm. show that they they're changing, that they're adapting with society. So, if a company as global as WWE are willing to do that, then surely the 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 people on Twitter or whoever families can all realize that mental health is not this hidden scary issue. I would just, I would just add that I want to see it consistent and persistent from a company like WWE, which like we said, at the beginning is a global face of wrestling, whether it's a show about wrestling or it's wrestling, whatever everybody knows wrestling is WWE and vice versa, but I would just want to see these changes be persistent because as far as storylines go and characters and matches you, it's like we're in a two to three week 
you know, time continuum because I guess Vince thinks that people forget things. And 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 I, I wouldn't want this to lose the spotlight is basically what I'm saying. I want to see it persistent all the time. Keep May I chime moves. in for a minute? Absolutely, Josh. Absolutely. Okay, so um, not to go into detail too much and not to make this about me too much, but I'm going through my own little issues with some mental health issues and stuff like that. I'm fine. Don't worry, everyone. But so I... I you know, have always been very open and honest with everybody who listens to my podcast or just likes to chat with me on um, Twitter or Facebook. And I just kind of put out a little kind of general tweet about a week or so ago about I've been having my own little issues. I'm taking a little bit of a break from my podcast just to kind of deal with my stuff. And talking about social media and um, people supporting and stuff like that, this is the positive side of social media because I've had nothing but people DM me and people tweet me and, and whatever or message me on Facebook, whatever it may be, showing support. And this is when society is a good thing um, and and social media and just the internet in general is a good thing. I've had nothing but support from people and I think that um, in this day and age, yes, there is a lot of people that will tear you down and there's a stig- there's, uh, there is a stigma against mental health and, and whatever kind of strand of mental health that is, um, whether it be big, small, whatever. Um, I think there still is a stigma against it and there's always going to be people that are just like, you're an idiot. Um, I'm not supporting you, you know, get your shit together, whatever it is. But I I just need to note that I've had nothing but support and positiveness from everybody who's taken the time to message me. So it is kind of, yeah, we do kind of dwell on the negative side of things with just people being assholes basically. Um, but there is a lot of positive that comes from it. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you for joining the show today, dude. Um, That's fine. uh, Absolutely. Um, So I think there's, yeah, we could probably talk on this for the majority of the day. There's a lot of things we all need to learn from from each other and different people. Um, So really, really thankful for everybody being um, forthright with their opinions and not afraid to talk about it. So thank you, guys. Um, But we're going to change it over to the last topic, and that would be... 2018 in in whole as a whole in pro wrestling um mostly wwe is what we focus on um as a wrestling fan but i love new japan i love british wrestling i try to watch more pro wrestling noah i try to watch more stardom lately um what are some of your highlights and strictly speaking as a fan this could be matches this could be an experience um, or something that happened in the world of pro wrestling. It's not necessarily a match. What are some of your highlights and lowlights um, in professional wrestling in 2018? Um, Rick and Amanda, I'd like to hear from you guys first. I don't think we're going to agree on this. I know. That's why I want to hear <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go first before he says okay, anything. So I can it. see his thinking face. Um, highlights, Fight Club Pro. All of 2018 for Fight Club Pro was amazing. Um, they just went from strength to strength and they're really kind of growing into their own as a company. Um, we also went to, so from a personal perspective, we went to a lot of great shows last year, but we were at the New Japan show in Manchester. So we saw the Okada-Zack match, which was just incredible. I mean, I have to get through Tai Chi, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) Rick's giving me a look right now. It's not quite the Tanahashi look, but he's giving me a look. Tai Chi is... Uh... No, he's not. <laughs> Shush. Um, 
<laughs> and I was really happy when Kenny won the belt. There were some amazing juniors last year, lots of flippy men doing things that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, 2018 was an amazing year. I, I had very little things to complain about in 2018, except for, and we talk about this on our most recent, well, what will be our most recent podcast once it gets re-recorded, the way that the Kenny Tanahashi feud was handled is something that I'm not happy about, but I'm not going to go into detail about that right now. So before you jump into it, Rick, um, if you are listening, Hanamichi Cast is uh, they deep dive on a wrestler or like the Super J Cup they did an episode, and they do it once a month. So it's like a good long in depth, you know, once a month podcast. And uh, Amanda doesn't understand Tanahashi's fandom, <laughs> and it's really why I'm 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 subscribed because I, I want to hear her get converted and it, it blows my mind that she's not a Tanahashi fan. Um, so that's I the back. What's going to happen in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> that's the background on the, on Tanahashi. Um, so Rick, what what's some of your highlights and lowlights? And I already know where we're going with this. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll start with Tanahashi. <laughs> the G1 final against Kotobushi is Amazing. one of my favorite matches I think ever. Um, what? Yeah, I think ever. I think I put it in my top ten ever. Okay. That's how much I loved it. Um, and besides that, I think a lot of companies in Japan are improving. Because I thought um, Stardom this year was going to be rubbish because Io's gone, Kairi's already gone, but they've proven that they can make new stars. Mm-hmm. When I really didn't expect them to. Um, all Japan's healthier. Noah's healthier. I think everything's just getting better. Um, in Japan, definitely. In Japan and. Maybe not so much back home after this. I think my low like my low point is the NXT UK sort of cleaning house, cleaning up the UK indie scene and turning it into trademark WWE. That's that's my low point yeah, of the year. I'd agree with that. I I I hear you, but I don't just I don't agree with you. I know <laughs> that there's a I know there's a lot of talent leaving, but I think that the number of people that are going to be exclusive to NXT UK are, are a lot less than you think. I think there's uh, some other people that are going to have the freedom to do the occasional show here and there. And I also think, personally, there's a lot of great British wrestling talent there that, yeah, it's a little fearful that they're building a whole performance center, WWE, and then they're taking some key guys. Yeah, it's a little worrisome, but I'm looking at the glass half full with just a crazy good amount of talent. And so many, you guys have like more indie organizations that are thriving than most other countries combined. So I'm really, really looking forward to British wrestling in 2019, even with some of the losses. Um, LCCK, the year of 2019 yeah. is the year of CCK. Hey, Kid Lycos is back. Gresham is, a, is Gresham's <laughs> part of the mix now. Thatcher's not going anywhere. So I'm excited for British wrestling. Um, but yeah, it's definitely valid that you're concerned. Um, but I'm excited for it personally. Uh, Darren is Darren is there in the United Kingdom, <laughs> and uh, I want to hear what you think about 2018. What was your highlights and lowlights? Um, well, for me, one of the biggest highlights was actually Evolution. Um, ignoring the politics and all the 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 backstage stuff about it, the fact that WWE did a, a full show showcasing female talent was was a, such a positive for me. Uh, and what was the arsenal on the cake was every single 
performer hit it out of the park. So, yeah, it was definitely a massive highlight. Then I would say probably uh, Omega versus Okada 4 at Dominion. Uh, I've been a wrestling fan for 30-plus years, and that's probably the closest to a perfect match that, that I can remember. Um, other than that, my biggest like, positive of the year was how consistently good NXT has been. Every event has been A+. Plus. They, they consistently are better than the, the show, the main show that, that comes after them. So, the, the, I, I just don't get how a company like WWE can put on two totally different type of shows, one of them being amazing, one of them being so terrible. Um, and then the last thing I, I want to bring up uh, is it's been a breakout year for Millie McKenzie. That girl is a little fireball. For someone of her age, whether they're male or female, to be so talented is just absolutely awe-inspiring. She is the face of women's wrestling in the future. <clears throat> Very strong words, but I completely uh, back you up on that. Uh, she's very fun <laughs> and very vicious. Uh, fantastic pro wrestler, man. And it's scary that she's only 19. Um, and and it's amazing to see that coming out of the United Kingdom because mostly when we talk about young, talented uh, women wrestlers, it's typically Japan because Japan, they kind of get started earlier, get started sooner. Um, but uh, the UK has a lovely history of bringing up great talents, and uh, I am thrilled to see what happens for Millie McKenzie in 2019. That's a very good shout. Um, and there's a lot of other great names out on the scene and a lot of great organizations that they're at, so it's a lot to look forward to. Uh, Josh is, is, is he's had his breakfast this morning. It's, he's, he's talking to us from the future, which is uh, something no other podcast can get you. Um, <laughs> he's already experiencing Saturday, uh, so I want to hear his thoughts on 2018. Uh, highlights, lowlights, uh, points of concern, things you like, things you didn't like? Um, so for me, I've got a couple, but um, number one on the list, and I this probably won't – well, I mean, it will relate to you guys in some way. But So WWE had Super Showdown this year, um, the first – show of its size in Australia, first live special on the network and, you know, all the details there. But so, you know, 70,000 people, I had never experienced anything like this ever before. And as soon as it got announced, I was already buying my ticket as soon as I could. It was just something that I wasn't going to miss. I've been a wrestling fan. I'm 23. So um, I'm not old. Don't worry, guys. I'm just a little, little, little baby. But I've been watching wrestling since I can remember. Um, four or five years old, I've always just loved wrestling. Um, so this is something I wasn't going to miss. And just that whole atmosphere of that show, um, regardless of, you know, you know, I got to see The Undertaker wrestle. This is something I never thought I'd see in person. Um, I got to see him by Triple H. That was just... You know, as a kid, that's just what you like. Oh, it's The Undertaker. It's Triple H. You know, eight-year-old me was jumping up and down. Um, I got to see Buddy Murphy win the Cruiserweight Championship in his hometown and just feel that energy. I've never felt that kind of energy of 70,000 people just 
losing their minds because, you know, their hometown boy won a title in um, his hometown. So that, that for me, that whole night was just, it was emotional. It was weird. I, I, I walked into the stadium and just kind of looked at the set and like, I'm not afraid to admit, I got a tear in my eye. I was like, wow, this is so crazy. I went with my younger sister and her boyfriend and they were just kind of looking at me like they love wrestling, but they don't love it like I do. Like I just, pro wrestling for me, as weird as it sounds, is my first kind of love of the world, I guess. It's I kind of learnt about life in a weird way through wrestling. So um, that was just a great night. Um, other things that I love, Evolution was just amazing in every kind of sense of the word. Um, I'm a big, big supporter of women's wrestling, and I just I just love what it's become, and I've always been a fan of, of the ladies and stuff like that. So that was just a monumental night for me and i guess the other thing would be um seeing the australian talent kind of come to fruition i seeing the iconics debut on the main roster was incredible for me um rhea ripley she's from adelaide i'm from adelaide so you know she's a hometown girl um seeing her win the nxt uk women's championship and then you know being in the may young classic and stuff like that that was just incredible um all say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.